0: welcome
1: back everybody to another edition of the auburn undercover podcast here on the 24 7 sports network my name is nathan king hope everybody is having a good week here as we are starting to wind down july recording this on let's see here it is wednesday so on sunday auburn had its big cat weekend More of a Big Cat day this time. It was only on Sunday. Turned out to be a little bit better of an event than a lot of people thought it would be. But, of course, I'm not the right person to talk to about that. We've got Keith Niebuhr, recruiting insider for AuburnUndercover.com and 24-7 sports. And, Keith, it seemed like when Big Cat was announced, you know, it was a little bit late in the process. And a lot of guys had, you know, decided they were already going to be somewhere for the weekend of July 25th, the Sunday when it happened. But do you think that things turned out a little bit more successful than people thought?
0: Uh, yeah, I think more than people thought they were going to be, but as, you know, as the event approached, we, you know, we were checking out visitors lists or updating visitors lists over and over and, you know, it looked like there were going to be a couple of five stars show up. They didn't make it uh, a couple other top hundred guys. They didn't make it. But other than that, a lot of guys did make it. And there are also, you know, a couple surprises or at least one big one that I, I know of a top 50 recruit, Dick Burley from Warner Robins, Georgia. 2023 20, kid uh, defensive lineman, he made it. So there's always going to be that with every event. So I think it was better than people initially thought because we didn't even write that they were going to have a big cat until, gosh, like uh, 13 days before the event. That's not a lot of time to really go out and get guys because coming off the, a four week dead period, you know, a lot of kids already had plans. So people were pissed off that like Eston Harris, the local offensive tackle target, wasn't there, and it's like, well, okay but he'd already told FSU he was coming. I mean, you know, on the one hand you can't rip these young guys for not honoring their, their words. And, and then, and then, uh, and then in the other vein say, well, you know, why didn't he come? Well, he told FSU he was going to be there. So that was really an uphill challenge. Some of the in-state kids had already told out-of-state schools that, Hey, I'm coming. And, and they, they honored it. Some of them did. Some of them didn't. Some of them changed their plans. Some of them were going to supposed to go to Auburn and didn't make it. I mean, that's just, that's how kids are. I mean, You know, that's just the way it goes. But overall, I think it was uh, it was pretty solid. You know, I mean, was it one of your better big cat rosters? No, of course not. But they also did it in late July when a lot of kids were um, were already committed elsewhere. Uh, You know, and then obviously, like I just said, some of them had plans to go to other schools already. But all things considered, to put it together that fast, you know, uh, the turnout, I thought, was really solid. And, you know, if they do it again next year and they do it earlier um, earlier in the year or or maybe back to the traditional Memorial Day weekend, right in that range, you could see it really big again. But I think it was a good start. Uh, You know, Nathan, you were there. There were a ton of kids, a lot of younger kids. Start A a good chance to start building relationships with those young guys. So I think all in all, it was quite a success for Auburn. Again, there's always going to be those no-shows. just happened that a couple of them were five-star guys. So, you know, that always kind of skeeves people out a little bit. So – but again, all in all, pretty solid.
1: Now, Auburn's newest commitment, Damari Alston, the four-star running back out of Atlanta. Keith, you caught him coming out of the stadium, and you talked with him pretty extensively. How important is his role in this class? Not only, I mean, he's a great player, he's a blue-chip pickup yeah. for them, um, but also seems like he's going to be taking on a bit of a recruiter role for them.
0: Well, you never know how good somebody's going to be on Saturdays. I mean, that, that always remains to be seen. He's got a good ranking. Uh, not as high as he wished it would be, but he's got a good solid four-star ranking in the 24-7 sports composite. Uh, and it's a good pickup for Auburn. But, uh, you know, we'll see down the road what kind of player he is. I mean, we'll, we'll, we don't know yet. But what we do know is that he's really popular with other young guys, you know, the other the other recruits across the South, particularly in Georgia and in the metro Atlanta area. They like him. He's a, he's a, a, a cool kid, I guess. And, you know, his dad's in the music industry, so – that's something that other kids like as well. And, you know, it's, I think it's, you know, he's a guy that had, you know, when he bought in a couple of weeks ago, I mean, he was initially going to go somewhere else. Okay. And it was going to be North Carolina. And I think people thought it could be North Carolina or LSU or whatever. He was going to go to North Carolina. They got a silent commitment from somebody. And he said, you know, North Carolina is going to take a second back, by the way. It's not like they quit recruiting him, but he said, I, you know, I'm going to take a step back and, and reevaluate things. And, and he did. And Northwestern popped up and, and LSU and they LSU since gotten a running back commit, but they want to take a second one too. Uh and then Auburn and he'd always liked Auburn. It was just, you know, they had a coaching staff change and he hadn't been there too many times, but he came over in June and that went pretty well. And then, you know, for a while, there again, it looked like North Carolina was sort of a dream scenario for him. And he just kind of, you know, went another direction once they he was told that they were getting somebody else. And uh for whatever reason and I, I again i think they probably still would have recruited him uh, you know i think they're going to take an extra back but anyway he just decided to, to hit the pause button on his recruitment or the reset button on his recruitment and that was good for auburn because the more he thought about it the more he kind of re- realized you know i really do like cadillac wheels and uh damari even though he's popular isn't like like a super boisterous young guy I mean, he's kind of chill and laid back sort of how Cadillac is personality wise. Cadillac's probably a little more quiet, Um, but they really hit it off. And, and he liked the fact that, you know, when you look at Auburn's depth chart at running back, I mean, gosh, I mean, so your number one running back this year, Tank Bigsby, he's going to be a sophomore. So, uh, you know, he'd have one more season after this 2022 Sean Shivers doesn't have much time left in Auburn. And then you got a couple of freshmen, uh, Jarquez Hunter and Jordan Ingram that quite frankly again they've never played it down we don't know how good these guys are going to be they may be really good they may not be good at all we have no idea and I know a lot of fans uh want to take the the optimistic approach with Hunter and think that you know he's a steal he's the true steal of the class and maybe he will be maybe he won't we don't know uh you know he wasn't a, a guy that a lot of schools recruited at running back so you know maybe Auburn did find somebody that the, saw something in him that others didn't see, and, and maybe they're going to be right. But we don't know, is my point. And so after Sean Shivers leaves, you don't have much left. There's not much depth. And Damari sees that as an opportunity to come in and maybe be the number two guy even in his first year. Now, he's got to pass the guys we just mentioned. We'll see how good they are. Like I said, we'll see how good he is. But he could be the number two, maybe number three guy that first year. And then Tank Bigsby, after his third year, will surely be, provided he's healthy, surely be leaving for the NFL. And so there's that window that maybe by year two, I could be starting. At the very least, there'll be an open running back competition. And I think that was incredibly appealing to him. Um, so, it, it you know, just worked out that way. But he's going to be actively and aggressively recruiting for Auburn. He's already started. Apparently, well, I was told he started recruiting for Auburn even before he went public with his commitment. He's been working on guys the last couple of weeks behind the scenes. We'll see how that goes. I mean, there's guys in every class that do that. He's not uh, – unique in that regard, uh, but we'll see, we'll see how it turns out. But again, I think it's a win-win. He's a, a good, solid player. He's going to work hard. He's hungry. Uh, and then also he's popular with other recruits. So, I mean, again, uh, looks like it's a good situation for Auburn and for you, him, quite frankly.
1: You mentioned it, that most of the kids at big cat, not most, but I mean the majority of obviously were not from 20. I mean, most of the ones I talked to from 2023 and 2024, um, mm-hmm. You've mentioned in a couple of your stories already that September 1st date when offers can start being issued when Auburn wants to
0: issue it. Yeah, they can go out before then. That's just kind of like when you can do it in writing, basically. Yeah. I mean, you know, one, yeah, go ahead. What were you going to say? I was just going
1: to say, you know, that 2023 board, 2022 is what it is. Um, You know, obviously, they're going to backload the transfers. We've talked about that a million times. But how much is the 2023 board going to kind of come into focus after
0: that period when they can start sending out those offers? It'll come into focus a little bit, but then you need to go back. Look, we all went to high school where during our sophomore years, let's say, there were football players, and you're like, "Wow, this guy's going to be a stud," and they never got better, and 28 other guys passed them right by. So you're constantly evaluating, I guess, is what I'm saying. I mean you know, the board will start coming into focus somewhat, but you're, you're also, when you're offering a kid that's just going into his 11th grade year, you're projecting that he's probably going to grow a little bit more, that he's going to get stronger, bigger, faster, smarter, football, you know, football intelligence, that that kind of stuff. And some of them just don't. So the board's constantly shifting, but it'll at least give you an idea who some of the early targets are, you know, uh, and you, people are trying to get commitments earlier and earlier, but Really, the fall evaluation, fall film will be huge. They've been able to eyeball a lot of kids at Big Cat and and see them in person, see what their bodies look like in person at Big Cat. And then the rest of this week, you can have kids on campus as well. Then it goes dead again to another dead period. So coaches can focus on the current season at the teams that they coach. Uh, But in June, they had a chance to eyeball a bunch of kids in person, see what they look like, Uh, not only from a physical standpoint, but some of them even camped and worked out for, for them. So a lot of that helps. But again, then you're putting that – combining that with what you see on film this fall, and then you'll reset your board again. You know, who, who really emerged in the fall, um, who didn't, who slid backwards. And then you'll have, uh, you'll have a chance to get them on campus again early next year. And then there's the spring football evaluation period when coaches can get out and see kids. That's crucial as well. I mean, so it never ends, really, Nathan.
1: Yeah, and, you know, for the past year and a half, kind of like you mentioned, it's it's been so different. You know, people haven't been able to get out and evaluate guys in person, and there's so many players mm-hmm. right now that are unrated, like guys that look really good. Their offer sheets are really good, but they don't even have a rating right now because, you know, people in our industry haven't been able to get out and see them. Um, big commitment coming up, decision on Sunday for Caden Story. Um, Keith, he's heavily crystal ball to Auburn. After mm-hmm. him, who are the guys in this 2022 class who are some other names um that Auburn fans should kind of be keeping an eye on
0: well on August 4th you got Jacoby Albert a safety out of Fairfield Prep in Alabama he's going to make a decision Auburn Michigan and Maryland I think all three of those schools would gladly take him we really like where Auburn sits uh he was at Big Cat on Saturday uh, Sunday he was there uh, we did, you'll notice people that are listening that read our site. We haven't had a story on it. He declined to be interviewed. Not that it went bad. I just think he's just kind of over the interview stuff right now, but I like where Auburn sits there. Uh, you've got uh, offensive lineman, Drew Bobo. He was at Auburn yesterday. He was at Auburn Sunday, son of Auburn's offensive coordinator, Mike Bobo. Uh, Georgia's probably the other team to watch there. He's going to be over there this weekend and then he could have a decision soon after that. He could. He's always said it'll be in July. Now he's kind of leaving the window open there, the door open to maybe pushing it back a little bit if he's not quite ready to make that decision. But he potentially could have a, a commit decision in the next week or so. Um, you know, Auburn-Georgia battle probably. Uh, you know, Hardness. is – I don't know where he'd end up. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm tending to lean toward Auburn a little bit there. Uh, they've got a little bit bigger of a need on the offensive line, the chance to play for your dad, you know, all that stuff. Um, Georgia's offensive line recruiting has been really stout the last few years and that's great for their program, but for a guy in this class, it means you might not be able to get on the field as fast as you want. So that potentially could be a factor. Uh, And then you've got a kid named Maxi Baudin. I don't know. I always screw up his last name, defensive tackle out of Louisiana. He could have a decision this summer too. Uh, And then I'm sure there's going to be other guys pop up. I mean, there always are. Uh, There always are, but, the class is slowly coming together, uh, but it's, it's a work in progress, and Auburn's got a long way to go and a lot of work before they can finish this, this cycle off.
1: Last one for you, Keith, because I was going to ask you about, um, you know, Alston is doing a good, you know, trying to become a recruiter kind of guy for this class. Holden Gurner's already been that. Um, They're working on Darius Clemens right now, but Omari Kelly, who's another Targeted mm-hmm. wide receiver for Auburn was also in town for Big Cat. Tell me about those two guys and, and what you're kind of thinking about where they both yeah, stand with well, Auburn dear,
0: right now. Darius, Clemens, yeah. I feel like Auburn feels like they're in better shape than most other people feel like they're in. But it does seem like a three-team, three-horse race. Auburn, Southern Cal. Excuse me. Let me re, let me backtrack. Auburn, Oregon, and Penn State. Forget Southern Cal. Auburn, Oregon, Penn State. He's in Oregon. He's the number one recruit in Oregon. Visited Auburn officially in June. Uh, visited the other schools as well. Uh, Penn State, he loves, and they are a legitimate threat. They've got a lot of receivers committed, but he likes them a lot. The the odds are he's going to get back to Auburn this fall for a game. Uh, But, you know, people out in the Northwest seem to think Auburn's probably sitting third. I think people in Auburn feel like they've got a little bit better chance than that, so we'll see who's right. Uh, with the other young man, Amari Kelly, he's at Hewitt Trustville in Alabama, just outside of Birmingham. Uh, you know, the old Auburn staff offered him. And then this, uh, this junior camp there, Auburn, and the new staff reoffered him. Just because an old staff offers you, it's non-binding. So the new staff has to say, okay, yeah, we want this guy too. So they offered him. So, you know, they like him a lot. Um, uh, you know, Alabama is very much involved. Uh, I think Florida some, UCF a lot. And there's probably some other schools as well. And, you know, the thing about him is, you know, people say, uh, well, let me backtrack again here. I, about a month ago, our Bama site wrote that he was potentially somebody to watch to commit soon. And he hasn't done it yet. So what does that mean? Is, is Bama recruiting other guys harder? I don't know. I, I don't cover Alabama recruiting. So uh, this, uh, the state of Alabama, yes, but the crimson tide, I mean, I just, from afar, I follow what our guys write that uh, to cover that program. So I'm not sure where he sits on their board, Uh, Alabama got a commitment from a receiver yesterday, Kobe Prentice, and people were on our board saying, come on down, you know, Amari. But really, uh, Amari Kelly, 6'2", the kid they got a commitment from yesterday, I think is 5'11", in that range. So, and that guy's more of a a, a kind of a, um, I don't want to say Jaden Waddle type because there's only one Jaden Waddle, but, yeah, he's more of that ilk, let's say. Uh, Amari Kelly's a longer receiver, longer stride receiver, taller. So, you know, just because you get a commitment from a guy that's, uh, one receiver doesn't mean they, uh, that eliminates you with another guy. They play different receiver positions. I mean, receiver's a group, but there are multiple positions within that group, and and they're not all the same. So I wouldn't rule out Alabama. If they push for him, they could be hard to beat. That, that school has sent a lot of guys to Alabama. We know that. Uh, obviously, there's a, a couple with Auburn as well, one being Javaris Johnson, the a receiver. So Auburn in it with Omari Kelly, what I can say is that Auburn really made some progress with him he said that Sunday. He said that after the visit, but also we checked with some sources behind the scenes connected to the Auburn program, and, and apparently the Auburn staff felt the same way. So now we're keeping an eye on Amari Kelly, not necessarily as somebody who will commit soon. He might, I don't know, but just as somebody that we think Auburn is now, maybe wasn't in the picture before, but certainly is now, uh, realizing that you know a lot of this is going to be dictated by how hard Alabama pushes for him because they were the team to beat for quite some time. It's not a diminishment, uh, of Auburn to say that it's more of a fact of, that, that Bama was on him a little bit longer, so we'll have to see how that goes.
1: Yeah, of course, Auburn got its receiver in the 2022 class. Uh, and Jay Fair last yeah. week out of Rockwell, Texas,
0: yeah, um, another good, yeah, really, I mean, really fast, much like the guy that Bama just got committed uh, mm-hmm. yesterday. Uh, very fast, not not big 511, 175, 180 in that range, really fast. I mean, we don't have any spring verified times from him, but apparently he's run. You know, the 100 around ten five. He's run 4-4 to 4-5 in the 40. Uh, had a lot of productivity last year at his high school. Now, they do pass the hell out of the ball out in Texas. Sometimes passing and receiving numbers are a little bit like they're eye-opening to us. And in reality, it's kind of like, okay, well, everybody out there is doing that. So you have to weigh that, too. But a good-looking prospect, Auburn beat out TCU, Florida. I mean, he had a Texas AM and m offer. And at one point, we know they were recruiting him pretty hard. I think Ohio State was interested. So, yeah, really solid player there.
1: Yeah, yeah, big piece in that class because it, they didn't have much, you know, much offensive firepower yeah. on that in that class yeah. yet, but they get Jay Fair. And then, like you said, those two receivers to look out for. Keith, thanks so much for jumping on the podcast yeah. again. Uh, check out all the stories at AuburnUndercover.com. Uh, Keith and Jason and I pitched in a little bit. Um, Did a really good job, Keith, obviously leading that charge from Big Cat Weekend. Oh, yeah, right. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Got to give you your credit. And then uh, Sunday, August 1st, keep an eye out for Caden's story. Um, He's going to choose between Auburn and UCF. We're going to have that covered on the site. All right. And that'll do it for this episode of the Auburn Undercover Podcast. Just wanted a quick rundown from Keith to break down the things that happened over the weekend at Big Cat. Like I said, if you're a subscriber, you've been filled in with everything that's had to do with recruiting over the past week or so we've had all our stories up. If you haven't read them yet, go check out the news feed on the website, scroll down, catch up on everything. All the recruits we were able to talk to. I think Keith said today we got between me, him and Jason, more than like two dozen interviews on the site over the past few days. So that's been a big success. But like I mentioned, Caden's story on Sunday, be sure to check out the website then um, because he is committing between Auburn and UCF after Sunday, after talking to some people, I submitted a crystal ball for, I normally don't you know, dive into that too much with recruiting because I don't cover it, but when I'm told about something, I'll go ahead and do it. So I submitted a crystal ball for him to go to Auburn. I do believe they'll land him. Um, it will kind of be a surprise at this point if they didn't, but you never know. Apparently he is going to try to take a quick trip this week to Orlando um, to meet with Gus Malzahn and UCF kind of at the last minute. So maybe they'll make a pitch that he can't refuse, and we'll see what happens on Sunday. Not sure exactly what time that's going to happen, but Um, check out the website on that day and like Keith said then they'll go into a dead period as they focus on fall camp which gets started next Friday with fall practices then recruiting once season starts it's back in full swing and so Keith will have that all covered for you guys so appreciate everybody listening to the show today the intro and outro music is by Beats by Mordecai you can find him on Twitter SoundCloud and Instagram please leave us a five-star review if you enjoyed the show Uh, until next time I will talk to you guys later everybody have a great rest of the week